Imagine selling something that you love, not just like, really, truly adore. If you're looking to change an industry from the inside out, play David to the Goliaths of the economy, you better have some sort of advantage. Well, loving something is an advantage. If you love what you do, innovating comes naturally. It's just a matter of asking yourself, what do I want? Reverb is a company that's built around that idea. From the beginning, it was a team of people that loved something. And that thing was music. That's the sound of the Reverb team playing their rendition of America the Beautiful. Reverb is an online marketplace for selling musical instruments. But the people that make up Reverb are all musicians or music lovers themselves. I'm Jesse Batend, and this is Innovating Chicago Style, the podcast where we dig into the stories of innovative Chicago companies that are shaping the national economy. With each episode, we'll trace back to where they started, figure out how they got to where they are, and even get a sneak peek at what they're looking at for the future. And on this episode, we get the opportunity to do that in the moment. Today, I'm talking with Dan Melnick from Reverb. Reverb won an innovation award this year for their online marketplace, where everybody from people like me and Dan to only slightly more talented people like Pete Townsend and Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins can go online and buy and sell gear. But fresh off of winning that award, Reverb is launching a new business, one that is not only attempting to tap into the love music fans have for their favorite artists, but to celebrate the past by making it new again. What were some things that uh, in the in the beginning when you were first launching Reverb, you guys kind of identified as musicians that were important to you? Sure. Well, uh, you know, one of the first things I think is that playing music is is fun and it's cool. And it should feel that way when you're using the product, right? It's not just about marketing. It's not just about the logo. It's not just about the palette you use. Uh, using the product should reflect our passion for music and for making music. And that comes in subtle things like attention to detail on what musicians care about when they're buying an instrument. You know, they need really good photos. They really need to be able to see the instrument really well. But they also need details that maybe other sites that are more general purpose um, might not give you about specs, about the wood that was used to build a guitar, about, uh, you know, some history of the vintage synth you're buying or the drum kit, you know. These instruments have stories, these used instruments, and at the end of the day, music is largely about community, um, both in the making of the music and the buying and the selling of the instruments. And it was important for our, our product to embody that feeling. So for somebody who's never used Reverb before, um, just let's, let's kind of like set the stage here for everybody. When you log onto the website, what does that feel like? What is, what is the experience? Sure. Well, I think the first thing you notice when you get to Reverb is that it's not just about 
commerce. There's also a lot of content. We're inspiring them to pick up their instrument. Uh, we're teaching them about the gear and different ways they can use it or new gear that's coming out. And then additionally, there's this marketplace. And the marketplace is, you know, everyone from myself selling an instrument I'm no longer using to large established brick and mortar shops. And so uh, you get this very wide variety of instruments and prices, and there's this element of discovery, right? Uh, there's this element of you don't know what you're going to get when you come to Reverb, specifically because of the the vintage and used element. And so there's this kind of addictive quality of seeing what what's come in that day. So uh, it's this combination of uh, an online, you know, flea market or something, right? Where there's this unknown uh, with a community of people who are uh, talking about making music and uh and their passion for music so you know it's it's not an easy thing to do but figuring out how to communicate that uh love of music and music making through the product and through the marketing and through the way we talk about uh music i think is really important from a collector's viewpoint this has got to be a dream um I, or a nightmare, depending on how you yeah, look at yeah, it. Yeah, 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 right? Because suddenly, Both. instead of having your secret little shop on the corner, yeah. that secret little shop is now open to everybody on the internet. Yeah. Am I, am I correct in understanding Billy Corgan sells some guitars yep. through Reverb? We actually just launched a, uh, a Green Day shop this week. So Billy wow. Joe Armstrong is selling some gear. That is uh, we've cool. had Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick. Um, we've had one of the keyboardists from Nine Inch Nails. We've, you know, had a really broad variety of musicians who sell direct through the site. And it's a really fun experience both for us and for their fans to have a chance to own a piece of gear that they know their, their heroes played. You know, knowing a few musicians, yeah, okay, we could make a dumb joke about selling your guitar, Mm -hmm. you know, to make it through the week or whatever. And there's that romantic scene where you go pawn all your instruments because that's what has to happen for the band. But, um... Instruments seem to trade hands in a way that other things sometimes don't. They have value, they last, and therefore they hold their value. But then, again, it's that, like, there's a story. This this guitar has been places. It's seen things, you know. It has... Probably as much smoke in its lungs as the yes. average smoker. Yes. Um, mojo is the word we use. Mojo. Oh, that, have mojo. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. You guys have been incredibly successful with the instrument selling marketplace. Yeah. Uh, you won the award this year. Now you're bringing out another service. Um, so why don't you fill us in a little bit on what you guys are doing with Reverb LP. Sure. So uh, we're launching a, uh, a new marketplace called Reverb LP that's for physical music. So records, CDs, cassettes. Um, records are definitely kind of the focus, uh, both uh, in terms of the flavor of the moment, in terms of people collecting, but also because Reverb is filled with record collectors and we love the format and the uh, medium. And uh, there's definitely an element, just like Reverb was, of scratching our own itch. I'm a, a lifelong music collector, um, plenty of CDs in the 90s, transitioning to records at one point. And, uh, you know, I felt like we could, do, we could do better than the options out there and we could make something that people would really love and would have a similar effect on the record market that we've had on the musical instrument market. When I first heard the idea... Like, my first reaction was like, oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. And then my second sort of, like, immediate reaction was like, oh, wait a second. What about that feeling of, like, walking into 
a record store. Everybody in there knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, you get to interact with people who are like involved in the community, who care about what you're doing. And then you have that discovery, just that feeling of like flipping through a box and not being sure what you're going to find and then finding something incredible. How are you tr- going to try and replicate that experience? Or is that something sure. you've thought about in Reverb LP on the online space? Yeah, it's absolutely something we've we've thought about, and it's really important to me. I'm a I'm a record store uh, supporter and and uh, fanatic my whole life, and I believe the record stores are not in only you know commerce destinations; they're important community hubs. And uh, I've learned so much in record stores. I bought so many records because the clerk was playing something cool over the the PA in the shop, and just from talking to people there i've made lifelong friends um and that's what i do when i travel you know when i go to new cities record stores are one of the first things i i put on my map because i feel like not only are they important cultural hubs records are still local so you know when you travel to new orleans you're going to find different records than when you travel to san francisco or when you travel to denver or when you travel Mm -hmm. to uh the east coast or the south like there still is this local element where in Chicago you're going to find more blues records. You're going to find Delmarks and Chess and uh, and stuff that was local to Chicago and that reflect the taste and the culture of that place. In terms of how we're recreating that online, the first thing is creating what I would call a more sensual experience online, <laughs> right? It's like what you were describing of flipping through records and looking at them and not knowing what's coming next. There's an element of that. We can't recreate the physical touch and the smell, sure. right, that you get from records. But one of the reasons why records are so cool is because they're big and they look cool and the cover art looks cooler because it's big and you can really see it and you flip it over and there's liner notes and there's information, right? Like there's an element of discovery with records where they can communicate their aesthetic and what they're about just through the look of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think when you become a collector and when you start getting deeper into music, you start to identify with things just because of the way they look and feel. And you'll take a chance on something because, man, this looks cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know what this is, but it looks cool. And it's on this label I've bought from before. And it has these musicians I've heard before. Uh, we'll have video content. We released one video of Dweezil Zappa giving a recommendations on how to get into Frank Zappa's music, which is really cool because cool. that's pretty much getting it straight from the source. Right. It's about both educating and interacting with people in a way that's fun and informative and that communicates our our love and passion for music. Uh, one of the other things that uh, is coming soon that I'm really excited about and I think is a really important part of the experience of that is what we call our feed. And this is, exists on Reverb as well and will be available soon on Reverb LP where you can go and say, I'm interested in these very specific records. Let me know when they come on the site. But I'm also interested in uh, Blue Note jazz records from the 1960s and i'm also interested in uh you know new wave records original presses only uh from this time period and you sort of can create your own little record store right and then as things trickle into the site and stores post them you have your own little window into reverb lp to see the stuff that you're really interested in because uh, at the end of the day, there's millions of records, uh, and we'll do things to inject some serendipity and discovery into that, but it's really important for people to be able to tell us what they want to see. What a cool way to sort of 
passively be collecting and just kind of being able to like put your feelers out and say this is what I'm interested in, this is what I want, and let it kind of come to you. But also, I imagine you're going to start making connections with other people, maybe across the country. Not only are you finding records you might not have close to you geographically, which I had never even considered really, but you're going to be meeting people who have similar interests to you kind of around the country and can help you out with that collection. So that seems really cool. And I think... A big part of the fun of collecting records is being able to compare your collections yeah. and, and, and kind of, you know, find the holes and, whoa, I didn't even know that that existed. You know, you suddenly realize that you have blind spots you didn't know you did. Yeah. The other flip side of this is that I saw recently Deloitte did a study that said something like $1 billion of global revenue is going to be made on vinyl records in 2017. Yep. So this is not something that just kind of was a fad that was sort of coming back. Like, there's there's money here. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously... That's, that's probably a mostly a new number. That's probably not mm-hmm. a number that includes the used market, which I believe could be bigger than the new market. Let's not forget that before this boom happened, record stores were the reason records are still a thing. They were yeah. still, you know, buying and selling these independent labels that were still releasing rec- records on vinyl. So uh, we think the market's even bigger than that. And yeah, most of that is all cash transactions. So yes. it's like they're not getting yep. logged here. Yeah. And the um, thing about records, too, I think people have to realize is people who buy records, a lot of them are. They got it bad, you know. They're junkies. They they got to get their fix, even if it's not. Uh, they're not able to get to a record store. So when they're sitting at work at two thirty on a Thursday, they're gonna buy a record online, and it's not gonna stop them from going to a record store that weekend. But it's hard to match make when you get a really rare record. You know, a really rare record comes in, and you're in a small shop. Um, somewhere outside of a big city like Chicago, and this is a record that you know you can get $500 for online, you you really can't afford to sit on in your shop and wait for that unicorn to walk in the door Mm -hmm. who's going to pay that. So I was at the Chicago Innovation Award, and uh, I heard a couple of guys from Reverb after winning the award kind of hanging out outside and and just chatting, and this guy kind of walked up to him and was like, hey, man, I make my entire living off of Reverb. So this guy was he's just in a band, he's a musician, he also sells instruments and yeah. and you know like a house flipper. He just yep. like knows what has quality, what has value, knows where to get it for cheap and then resells it online. I think that's part of the most exciting part of of it for me and that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I have a uh, my collection's probably around 2,000 records. Wow. Um, and I'm, I've posted about 500 of those I'm just not listening to and that are awesome records that someone else should be listening to. And that's going to allow me to use that money to buy things that I would listen to. You know what I mean? And, totally. you know, I think we're just being ourselves at the end of the day. It's not a facade. This is who we are and this is what we love to do. And uh, I think communicating that through our public persona as well as the product and the marketing is is part of our approach to being authentic. And I think people can, especially these days, I think more than ever, people can kind of sniff that out. And um, we're able to, to, to be real and be ourselves and communicate that to our customers. Innovating Chicago Style is brought to you by Chicago Innovation and Rivet. Thank you to today's guest, Dan Melnick, from Reverb and now Reverb LP. Visit Reverb.com to buy and sell musical instruments. And check out the brand new marketplace for vinyl at ReverbLP.com. 
The show is hosted and produced by Rivet's Jesse Batten. Special thanks to our resident experts, Tom Statt and Mike Bechtel, the entire Chicago Innovation team, and of course, Chicago Innovation co-founders, Dan Miller and Tom Kuzmarski. For more info about the show or to attend one of our many events throughout the year, visit chicagoinnovation.com. To David Kalt and the team at Reverb. We're the hardest motherfucking workers in the world.